This is a presentation of Dawnforge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 686, Anima Powered. Today's sponsor is Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. That's bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. Nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's show is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at tryexpressvpn.com slash expressata2020. That's T-R-Y-E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash expressata2020 for three months free with a one-year package. Visit tryexpressvpn.com slash expressata2020 to learn more. Finally, we are sponsored by Funko, maker of the world's broadest selections of vinyl figures, from pops to dorbs, rise to mugs, and so much more. Check them out at bit.ly slash FunkoATA. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Maedros, the commander of the fell and master of demons, Death. The non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty. And the high priestess of the Everlight, Allie. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth. And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Midros. And with me, I have Toasty. How you doing, Toasty? Hello, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. And we also have Allie. Oh, hi. Hi, hello. Hi, I'm here. Hi. May the fourth be with hi. you. Both. And also with you. I'm wearing this really cool Star Wars shirt. Actually, it's the one I put in the Selfies channel, too. And it's R2-D2, but, like, on the inside is all the different, like, snapshots of different scenes from the, you know, original trilogy. And, yeah, it's good times. Sounds like it. I'm wearing a Harry Potter shirt. Surprise! <laughs> Not at all shocked about this now. <laughs> I, I don't think I own a Star Wars shirt now that I think about it. Well, that'll have to change. I own Star Wars socks. That is un- unsurprising. Cool. I have, have some Star Wars socks. socks, but most of them got holes in them, and I had to throw them away, and it's sad. I need more now. I haven't had to wear socks in two months, so... <laughs> You know. Yeah, I, I, I've been told that I will probably uh, spend my days in this office every day for the foreseeable future. That's why I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, something about, we'll be the last ones in the province to return to work. Like, the last company in the province. And that's a long time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately am going back on Monday. That sucks. I have mixed emotions about this. Yeah, on one hand, I know I am fully aware that I am very lucky that I have a job to go back to, that they're opening their doors again. I know I'm very fortunate that, and I'm grateful. But on the other hand... (laughs) But I have loved the heck out of being at home. Exactly. Like, my dogs have liked it. I've loved it. My sanity has absolutely loved it. So I'm... I have mixed emotions about it, and I don't want to go back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Toasty, how was your weekend this week? 
Um, Weekend WoW was not as productive as I would have liked it to be, mostly because I had uh, um, my my arthritis got real bad again uh, this week, so raiding was almost non-existent for me. Uh, yeah, that really that really sucked. So I, I I was online for a little bit of the raid on Wednesday, but after about an hour, my hand was just killing me way too much to actually continue playing. And then Thursday, I just was straight up not feeling well. So that killed any aspirations of raiding for me that week. On the plus side, Warriors were made available in Torghast. So guess what I spent a lot of time doing? Would it be Torghast? Oh my god, yes. I've been working your job. It's been a long time working your job. Also that, I mean, I have a job to do and I'm going to continue to do it, but in my free time, oh boy, playing playing so much of the Alpha, specifically Torghast, because I can't get enough of that place. Oh, I it was like so Torghast. much fun. No, it's a pretty well-established fact at this point that I am a huge proponent of Torghast. Give me Torghast all the time. I don't care if I get nothing. Just let me keep playing it. Like, I played it enough to level up a couple times. So what you're saying is you had some more Torgasms this week. Yes. Yes, that is accurate. <laughs> I had to play around with one build that just completely extended my Bladestorm. I think it increased its uh, channel time uh, by... Like, see, here's, here's something I don't know. because I don't know how... I, I didn't figure out the timing exactly. Because... Because uh, one of the anima powers I can get as a warrior is it increases the the duration of Bladestorm by 40%. Which, yay, more Bladestorm, right? That's great. Um, but I got two of those powers, so I don't know if it was 40% of the base or 40% of the current channel time. Either way, it was a lot of Bladestorm, and my heart was happy. Nice. That just, yeah. It sounds like fun. Yeah, it was, it was so good so good um outside of okay so in alpha that's pretty much all i did like i i straight up did not play anything else in the alpha i was just having so much fun in torghast and and finding a bunch of things that were not working properly that was less fun you imagine this is a skit an snl skit where anchors are asking the reporter oh what do you what all did you do and, and the person says they did one thing and then well, what else do you do the one thing, which totally matches this is an SNL skit. Well, I did the one thing in the alpha, which was a lot of Torghast. Okay. Um, in live, in live, I uh, did a bunch of other stuff. Um, I leveled up my Demon Hunter a bit more, so I finally hit 110 on my Demon Hunter. So now I'm on to BFA for my Demon Hunter. And then I got bored of playing Demon Hunter there, because like, I... In the past couple weeks, I've been playing a lot of Demon Hunter between Alpha and leveling leveling up my live one. So I decided to take a break from that. Pivoted to my Disc Priest. Uh, attempted healing a dungeon. And very... I think I bailed about halfway through because the tank was just not listening to me at all. I... I so this is the first dungeon I've healed all of Battle for Azeroth, right? And I'm, I go in there saying, yo, I haven't healed at all this expansion. 
been a while since I've actually healed in this character, so go easy on the pulls kind of thing. Like, I know it's just a normal dungeon, and like the risks aren't as high, but it still feels crummy when you're the healer and you're not keeping everybody alive. So maybe chain pulling in Shrine of Storms was not a great idea for that tank. No, really not. Especially in Shrine. Normal or not? Yeah, no. Yeah, and like, and I, and this is one thing I'm not sure about. I, I'm not sure if the tank was just not playing correctly or as a result of my healing, but it was a druid tank and they were spiky as hell in terms of health. Like, I, like, like all of a sudden they'd be down to like 30% from around full or just below full. And I could not understand why that was happening. I, I, I don't, I don't know if that was because I'm just not, I'm just not totally familiar with how disc priest is like, uh, supposed to work functionally in BFA. Cause I haven't healed since Legion. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if there was such a drastic change in how they work that I'm just not doing it correctly anymore and I haven't figured it out yet. Or if they just weren't using their damage mitigation properly. Yeah, and it's hard. To, I mean, I wasn't there, so it's hard to know. I know for Disc Priest, well, I don't know a lot actually because I haven't done it myself, but I have seen some Disc Priests who are amazing and some who don't quite get the disc priest concepts and they really struggle to heal. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a tank that's chain pulling, you know, that makes it even <clears throat> harder. So at the same time, some tanks, the ones who tend to chain pull, it's either because they truly can use their cooldowns properly, or it's because they think the healer just has to do everything and they don't care. So Yeah. And that and that's that's what I don't know at this point. So right. I decided to take a break from healing a dungeon because yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wait until I get with a group, so I can get get with a group where I know the tank knows what they're doing. Maybe that'll give me a better gauge of how I'm performing. Here's what we do: we have Medro's tank, and you heal, and I will go DPS. It's all some money for repairs, right? <laughs> Asking for a friend, of course. <laughs> yeah. But um, outside of the disc priest stuff, uh, outside of that, I decided to just chain run island expeditions because I remembered, like, during the beginning of BFA, people were a lot of people were chain running them to level up quick. I'm like, I wonder how effective it is now with this experience buff with a whole bunch of heirlooms, and the answer is very fast. So um, I went from 112 to 120 in about six hours. And even that was a lot of time spent, you know, AFKing and talking to people in guild or like being on my phone and watching or watching TV or something like that. It was it was a very relaxed pace of leveling and it only took about six hours. And then after that, I'm like, well, I'm on a roll with this with this with his alt leveling, I'm gonna level up my enhancement shaman who who literally has only finished up until um the uh quest where you're touring Boralis. Like you're being shown everything around there. My portals weren't even set up when I started leveling up this shaman again. And I started that at around 
eight. Yeah, eight. Eight last night, and by midnight I was one twenty. Wow. So, yeah, I was just chain running them. Like I was get, I was getting about a half a level per expedition. It was insane how fast I was leveling up using those things. So if you're trying to uh, level up a bunch of alts, and you're not particularly like, and and you're either rather experienced the stories already or you're not particularly interested in experiencing them which why but anyway um just chain run a bunch of island expeditions because i got two alts to 120 this weekend using just that plus half a dungeon for my disc priest it's pretty incredible um but yeah that's about it for me uh torghast and leveling it's it's not my typical week but i had a lot of fun with it this time around uh, Ali, what did you get up to? How was ra- how was the raid that I wasn't able to attend? Raid was okay. We didn't make any new progress, so our best attempt at Elganoth is still 3% wipe on heroic. I think our best attempt over this past week was 15%? Rough? So, I think... I think this week we're starting fresh and then after that we're going to start extending every other week. So hopefully that means we'll get Elganoth down soon, move on to Rodden, and just try to keep progressing. We had a lot of fun, just, you know, no new progression. So that's that. Outside of that, I've been taking advantage of the rough bup, but the hip I've been taking advantage of learning how to talk and been taking advantage of the rep bonus and going back and doing Leighton dailies, which I didn't think I would do, but I forgot how many mounts are in those Paragon boxes. So many. So many. And I only have one of them? I think. I think I have the one from Valcheron, that's it. So... Uh, and that's pretty easy. So we add that the Dark Me Fair buff that we have this week. It is going to be nice. So hopefully we'll get him out from that at some point. Because all in general, you know, we're getting to the end of the expansion. So that's when I start doing a lot of my rep grinding uh, and my mount grinding. So I did get the Mail Puncher from Visions. So that was pretty cool. Nice. It's ugly. But it's mine now, and it's my ugly thing, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, it's uh, Children's Week stuff, so I took my little my little dude around, got a couple of the pets I don't have yet. You know, he wants to be a pirate. I have to support that. Obviously. Obviously, right? Uh, yeah, outside of that, just leveling alts here and there. I've gotten a Horty that's 118. I meant to get her to 120, but then... Things happened this weekend, and that didn't happen. But I'll do that this upcoming week. And my husband and I don't get to play too often outside of raid times, either because he's playing a different game or we're just doing different things around podcasting. So we actually took time one night and just leveled our little Lightforge Draenei that we have that we play together once in a while. So that was fun just to chill. And they're really low, like they're in their 40s. So it was just really... You know, nice and chill. And that was really cool. So, it was fun. 
See, Ellie, that's what happens when you're in three raid groups and do a bunch of WoW podcasts. Oh, is that what's happening? I had no idea. <laughs> Thank you so much for pointing that out to me. Nope. Now I no longer have to wonder where all my time is going in life. <laughs> I, I suspect you might have already known that answer. Just just a wee bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I might be going just a little insane from it, but I'm keeping that insanity to a minimum. So that's okay. It's a doable level of, of insanity. All right. Follow this manager lifestyle. That's all I can say. <laughs> Seriously. Especially, like, uh, the amount of, sh of work that has to go into my show, it's crazy. But this new NVIDIA RTX thing makes editing a little bit easier. I enjoy that. So I appreciate it. I'm so thankful for it. When I was editing the oh show last gosh. week, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> I'd like to find a way to um, bring that... Uh, that RTX stuff over to me recording on the camera for my YouTube videos because that makes me so much happier. Just use your mic as the input. My USB mic will not plug into my DL DSLR camera. Oh. And especially it wouldn't work when I'm recording outside. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't think of that part. <laughs> Who needs to go to the outside? It's a scary place. Um. Well, I mean, I think people like to see me outside of you know my office. Though I am looking for some green fabric to run to string across the behind me, so that I can sit normally facing my desk instead of facing to the side, so that it, they only see my alliance towel, my alliance uh, sweater, <laughs> and my paladin robe. The pretty with... area, the yeah, pretty the, area, the prepared area, yeah, the prepared pretty area that Staged is area. okay, not the other rest of the room that is um, not pretty. We'll say that. <laughs> Thankfully, my not pretty area is only half of my desk, and that's where I'm doing my day job. And that's never seen on camera, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. You haven't been to my house in a while, have you? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah, clearly. Clearly, that's the case. I mean, Jackie would kill you and be on my office anyway, but that's, that's just... Weird. Sure, it's fine. It's probably fine. Okay, I might send you a picture of the post show to see how fine this right. is. Okay. Well, outside of that. outside of messy offices and you know actually living where you are and stuff and making a mess, um, what have you been up to? Um, I I logged into WoW a little bit this week. I spent a little bit of time on the PTR or on the Alpha. Um, just continuing trying to level through to through uh through Bastion and, and seeing what kind of what's there and stuff. Uh, create another couple characters just to take another look at the uh, starting experience. Um, not anything that was super exciting, to be honest. Uh, kind of basic stuff. Um, didn't have a lot of time, unfortunately. So uh, it was kind of what I could do when I had time. Um, I did do a bit of uh, a bit of further customization of my Valpira Hunter, uh, which was boosted up, as you guys may recall. Um, but the character still has not left um, the troll pyramid thingy. So, uh, at some point that'll change. Don't know when, but at some point. Uh, 
uh, overall didn't do a whole lot in WoW, um, but hopefully, hoping to be able to find some more time this week to get into WoW and actually do some stuff that might actually be worth talking about. So we'll see. Cool. Hopefully you get time. It's like because like Alpha is a lot of fun. Uh, yes, I can definitely see it's very fun. Um, definitely have enjoyed my time in Bast- Bastion, the the starting place you go to. Um, yeah. And uh, intrigued for you know how long that'll actually take on live. Uh, undecided yet if I want to go through it in a more detailed fashion to like okay maximizing my time so that when I do get into live that I can get a better feel for how to you know best use my time to get up to max level as soon as possible um but uh so far just kind of enjoying the view and enjoying the the NPCs and the characters and the story so what what I'm finding crazy about bashing is how much of the zone is unexplored when you're done with everything at least that's what's in alpha because like the whole northern half, a good portion of the northern part of that map is unexplored when you finished with everything. Like, oh, huh. okay, is there going to be more? Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be different quest lines and stuff as you go through the different covenants, or maybe those are going to be like daily type areas. Well, if you look, maybe, if you consider well, the map in BFA, when you hit one, when you like when you're leveling in in a zone, there's absolutely areas with 120 mobs that you don't want to go into. Right, yeah. So that that is likely the stuff that I'd expect you're talking about. The kind of stuff you're seeing is that it's stuff that you will see in, in Endgame kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I don't think... Because isn't, isn't the Alliance hub in Oribos... Oh, not even Alliance hub. Isn't the hub in Oribos? Am I remembering yes, that right? And that, that's that in Bastion? That is the Bastion? central part. Uh, I don't know if it's in Bastion. I thought it was kind of in, the, in a central place. But I Maybe don't think it's something else. I re- okay, I might be remember. I might be thinking of something else then. Either way, there's a lot of unexplored portions of Bastion, and I want to get sent there, see what's going on. I imagine if I go there, I'm just gonna get stomped in the face by one tw- by level sixty stuff. When I'm not level sixty, <laughs> it'll be an adjustment still. Saying such a low level for max level stuff. Oh, don't worry. We'll have plenty of people who will be real unhappy that they got nerfed so to speak. Without having any grasp of the way that things actually worked. Nerf. Can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes. They're they're low level. I mean, they got nerfed. What's going on here? The numbers are smaller and I'm mad. Uh Uh-huh. That's the way it goes. But yeah, uh, overall, haven't done much. Um, I put a new uh, YouTube video this week. Uh, and I and I started to plan out how I want to get caught up because currently, the stuff I released this week was from mid March. We are now into May, uh, and I want to release videos faster than this. I, I kind of got sidetracked a little bit at one point and didn't really get videos out as quick as I would have liked for a few weeks. So uh, I need to get better at editing faster, uh, and also to make sure that I'm doing things in an efficient way, uh, which is good. But uh, I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, the, the, week I'll be re- the, the video I'll be releasing this week will be video number 20 on my channel. So it's a pretty good milestone for Congrats. me. Congrats. I think that is. That's really great. You've, you've worked really hard, and 
you've had to learn a lot along the way and i think that's awesome i feel like i'm still in the phase of learning something new every video so that's always nice yeah that's good the video's not easy the video is not easy by any stretch uh i i commend those youtubers that can record something in the morning and have it out by the evening just baffles me but that's just me uh and uh yeah uh otherwise not too much going on for me uh but let's talk about our first sponsor shall we our new sponsor is Funko. If you haven't heard of them by name, you've definitely seen their products. They make collectible vinyl figures from a bunch of Blizzard universes, from Warcraft to Overwatch, Heroes of Diablo, and even more from outside the Blizzard universe, like Firefly, Doctor Who, and Sherlock. I like to highlight a Funko Pop each week, and this week's Funko Pop is one that I think... Well, I'm thinking that at least one person here might recognize it without actually seeing the name of it. Nice. It's still loading for me. Oh, oh it's good. Oh, oh, oh it's, it's Dark good. Brown! It's Dark Brown! <laughs> uh, yep, Dark Brown from Back to the Future. Uh, so they have a new set of Back to the Future Funko Pops. Uh, there's even actually uh, a, uh, a scene one. So they have um, one, one of the lines they have of Funko Pops is, pop, is movie scenes. Uh, so uh, they basically have like an entire scene of, of something and, and uh this is a scene that i really like um and i really appreciate that this one they chose for this movie uh this is kind of, kind of iconic that's cool except doc yeah. isn't hanging from the wire what's up with that uh he's too big <laughs> he, he he's like quarters the size of the building that's yeah, fine we'll figure it out um but yeah <laughs> uh it's it's I realize what they're doing with these this, this line. I mean, there's more that we'll go over in the next few weeks from this line as well. Uh, so I won't spoil them all, but uh, there's really they're really cool ones, and uh, some of them are exclusives. Some of them are um, just generally general availability, and there's gonna be some really interesting chase ones from what I've seen for this. So uh, definitely worth checking out if you want this. If you're a huge Doc, Doc Brown fan, if you like Back to the Future, definitely check these ones out. If you aren't. There's lots of others you can check out. Go to bit.ly slash FunkoATA and check out their online shop. Use Shop10 to save 10% on your entire purchase. That's bit.ly slash FunkoATA and use the code SHOP10 to save 10% on your entire purchase. We want to thank Funko for their support of the show. So it's coming up this month in WoW. So this month we've got Children's Week. It's already started. It started on the 1st and is going till the 7th. So you've got three more days if you're listening live. And if you're listening on the download... Um, Try to do it later today. Uh, we've got Darkmoon Fair going from May 3rd to 9th. Uh, we've got Miss Time Walking May 5th to 11th. We've got the Spring Balloon Festival from May 10th to 12th. The Arena Skirmish event May 12th to 18th, along with the PvP Brawl Gravity Lab. We've also got Call to Arms, Deepwind Gorge going from May 19th to the 25th. And the World Quest bonus event, which we talked about mm. last week that we were missing, mm. um, is, is, is making its return on <laughs> May 19th yeah. and going to the 25th. Yeah, don't forget the quest, eh? Well, if I do them. Uh, which I probably will, because, like, yeah, uh, double reputation and paragon boxes. So I might actually exactly. do it. Exactly. 
Uh, we've got the PvP Brawl War Song Scramble going from May 26th to June 1st. We've also got Warlords Time Walking May 26th to June 1st. And to cap off the month, we've got the Glowcap Festival on May 27th. You know, I realized Plenty of stuff to do that this we, month. we completely forgot to mention the Children's Week that hit, started on Friday in our last week thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I realized that when I was looking, when I was pulling the events for this month, I'm like, oh, yeah, look at that. May 1st. That was definitely last week. Whoops. Yep. All right, then. Uh, yeah. So uh, on with the news, then, shall we? Uh, there was a really interesting and very informative interview done by Seth Chisel of the New York Times for the Venture Beat Game Beat Summit. And he talked to Mike Morheim about his time at Blizzard, what he's been doing since he left Blizzard, what's coming from next, but fairly significantly talking about World of Warcraft and its impact and uh, sort of how it kind of was lightning in the lightning in a bottle that, that can't be recaptured in, in a lot of ways of, of how it, it came about and what happened in those early days. Um, have you guys watched this video? I did. I did not watch the video. I, re I read over the, I read over the Warcraft specific points from, uh, from, from the Wowhead article. <laughs> so, uh, I kind of wonder what, what of Mike's thinking that he espouses here still resides at Blizzard. Um, like, one of the things that, you know, we heard early on in WoW, and for a very long time in WoW, was the easy-to-learn, difficult-to-master. You know, uh, make it something that you can do without too much effort, but to get really good at it, it's going to take time. And I wonder if that kind of mindset is still there at Blizzard. If there's still people who who stick by that and stand by that thinking when they're developing and creating new features and new ideas for, for World of Warcraft and other games. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think of that idea? Like, Do you guys think that that idea has some use in the current gameplay? I would say, say yeah. I mean, yeah, there are some things that you just can't achieve um that you can't uh, sorry acquire or whatever based on whatever skill level or whatever level of player playing at but i i mean that was the case even back in the vanilla days like if you wanted thunder fury for example you had to be willing to put in the time and had the necessary skill to be able to pull that off so like yeah i mean you could still play the game and still enjoy it and enjoy some of the content, but you weren't going to be able to get to the highest level without without playing to that level and without investing that time into it. So I, I would I would say that I feel as though that mindset is still present in in how they've approached WoW now. And I would say that this, that's that is still a thing for some of the other games like uh hearthstone that's still the case there's still there's still i mean you may not be pushing the highest rank of competitive hearthstone but there's other game modes that you can enjoy and you can still play 
bad and you don't have to be the very very best overwatch is another great example because i am a terrible player and i still play the heck out of it you don't you mean you don't have to be the best the very best there ever was no no i don't in fact i whenever i've moved around uh different groups or in wow or when i'm playing with other people i i only ever promise mediocrity and and that's been okay for everybody because at the end of the day we're, we're all having fun together so and we're all having fun together and we're all having fun playing that game so whatever mediocre is fine <laughs> may not be may not be the best quality that some people might, would expect from me when i'm playing with them but you know whatever i tried to set the expectations and they didn't listen Fair point. Uh, one thing that I, I kind of cringed when it came up because I didn't want the article to go that the way that that it, that it went with this topic, but I, I kind of saw that uh, the reporter asking the questions had to ask the question this question, and that was around Blizzard's reputation, which uh, you know for a lot of players the the, the drop in Blizzard's rep for them at least has strongly coincided with the departure of. So we we saw Mike leave, um, and then you know the BlizzCon right after that, just a few months later, uh, was the Diablo Mortal um, fiasco. Then there was uh, the BlizzChung stuff just a few months later, and it just kind of snowballed after that. So the reporter asked, you know, kind of Mike's thoughts on how things have gone since his departure in regards to the reputation that he very carefully crafted for Blizzard. Um, and Mike was very diplomatic in his answer. You know, he, he acknowledged, and I think we can all go back to thinking of, of instances where even under Mike's helm, Blizzard did things they shouldn't have. Um, I would simply respond, they did things very differently, yes, but the, the, the response of the company to the... To the uh, negativity was also answered very quickly, where it does not seem to be as answered this quickly these days. Um, in the end, he has to leave the company in, in the hands of uh, Jell and Brack and other com other folks to uh, run it how they how they feel fit, um, and he trusts that they they will do the, a good job. So uh, he did say though that. It is imperative for the community to speak up and to be continually telling Blizzard what they think of the job they're doing, uh, and and so on. So, uh, and, and do, you, do you guys have any other takeaways from it? I think Mike did a really good job, kind of walking that line between, as you said, being diplomatic, you know, being professional, but not sit there and say oh, the companies are made a mistake and they're great and blah, 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 blah. Like he was, he, he did a good job explaining, yeah, they made mistakes, but we also made mistakes. Like, I think he did a good job trying to be honest, but also still be professional and respectful. And I, I liked that. One of the comments that I read there was um, in reference to something about uh, the sense of community that... Uh, that was that uh, playing well had initially, right? I mean, we had we went from these forty per people person raids to the small ones and flexible stuff, and then we had the introduction of the LFR, and um, 
uh, it speaks to his comment about um, accessibility and stuff like that. I, uh, they wanted to make that content more accessible for people, and that's one of the reasons why LFR was implemented because, you know, for the people who didn't have the put the time have the time to put into developing those relationships in WoW's early days. Um, some of that content was inaccessible to them despite the want to do it and the the, the skill level to do it. You know, they just it was just not something that was feasible for them given the need to build those social ties to accomplish something like that. And while well LFR helped take away some of those problems and uh, regarding like, regarding time investment it did it did take away um what a lot of people enjoyed about wow initially and that was that social and that was that social aspect of the game and ghost crawler had said something later on that week that kind of resonated with with me and and helped me understand a bit better why um uh, having trouble articulating my thoughts here why something like what wow had initially in terms of this the whole social thing um probably wouldn't work to the degree that it did initially like in today's world um i know did you guys have a chance to read the comments from Ghostcrawler at all? Did you guys see them? I, I did read them over. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he definitely ha- has some very good points. Um, I, I'm curious why people thought they needed to ask him his thoughts. Uh, simply because I don't know that... I understand he's the most successful former employee of Blizzard, and I, and that might play a part in that. But I don't know that he'd really the authority on what Mike, what Mike was talking about, from my perspective at least. Um, but what he said, uh, definitely some very good points. You know, back in the original times of, of WoW when it first launched, there wasn't a lot of the communication methods we have. Uh, we didn't have a Twitch with streaming and video capabilities. We didn't have Discord. We didn't have uh, a million to one various uh, instant messaging clients, and we didn't have Twitter and Facebook and all the other methods we can communicate. So, you know, people were meeting and people were talking and, and people were uh, interacting sometimes for the first time with somebody outside of their town via World of Warcraft. Um, you know, there's definitely people that I met that I would never have met if it was not for WoW. Uh, there's, there, I, w- I would never have run in the same communities as they did. And I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I can think of a few people that, you know, you guys have met at BlizzCon last year that if, you, if it wasn't for WoW, you would never have met these people. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm confident some way you and Frazzy would have met somehow. <laughs> maybe, but that's because we ran in a lot of the same circles. But maybe. <laughs> I'm sure there are friends who are destined to meet somehow, some way in their lives. You and Frazzy yeah. is one of them. Yeah, I can see that. But I mean, yeah, I mean that 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 those points specifically made by Ghostcrawler like resonated with me a lot. I mean, for a little bit when I first started playing, WoW was definitely just a glorified chat client for me. I was I was talking with a bunch of people from all over the place, and that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about it. And then you know, 
the gameplay yeah. was secondary for me. And when those people stopped playing, I kept playing, and gameplay was the first thing for me. So, like, I get why... I get why WoW in its original iteration may not have seen... I can see why it may not have seen the success that it's seeing that it saw initially with all this stuff. Because I mean, the need for the need to develop the community in game isn't as necessary anymore. And I, I and I think I've, I want to say I've said this before, where you know, the, well, yeah, I'm not talking with as many people in game. I'm not talking to random players when I, that I'm grouping up with, but I'm playing WoW with a bunch of other people that I've that that I'm in a community with and we form that community and we manage that community outside of the game. So yeah. like the sense of community is still there. It's just it's just not in game anymore. It's 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 grown beyond that. Yeah. Well and he he even makes a point with his last tweet. He says it is going to be really hard for any MMO in the future to recreate the sheer novelty of social interaction of social interactions that WoW produced. The world is different than it was then. Absolutely. Very much. And I mean, it shows like, like not only has the world outside changed with the way to connect with each other and time being more of a factor for more players as a lot of the player base has grown with the game and we've all gotten older and busier. And plus it's still business. And so they made changes and made it more accessible to more people to suit more players, as, at least as much as possible. And sure, I mean, it's definitely lost a little bit of that social interaction fear, feel that it had in the beginning because of those changes. And I do think in some areas they may have gone just a little too far to make it a little too accessible to too many people. But at the same time, again... It's a business. So it makes sense. But all in all, like there was definitely some great points made by both Gross Caller and Mike. It was really interesting to hear it. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear from these former employees because while, the, while they won't be completely candid, I, I feel like they're less restricted. It's just cool. So, uh, yeah, that's about it for that interview. Um, don't, again, I really recommend going and checking out Mike's interview. Uh, really worth watching. Uh, and getting a good feel for his perspective on uh, the business right now and where he's, you know, putting his eggs right now in various baskets. Well, we had another interview last week uh, with Ian, right, Ellie? Yeah, we did. Oh, so excited. So Ian was interviewed by Zoltan on their stream. And of course, I you know, shared it with everyone. And, you know, it's, there's a lot here, so I'm going to kind of go through some of the bigger points. The most recent data mine version of the Jailer is actually the Jailer. There's been some debate on if it's one of the Jailer or if it's the Jailer. It is the Jailer. There's no, the little bit I've read of this interview or read, uh, watched this interview, there's no secret story or twist per se on who the jailer is they didn't quite have his form finalized at blizzcon which was a big reason why it was kind of silhouetted and shadowed like it was 
And, you know, there was that leak and everything. But again, it wasn't finalized. This is finalized. That's our jailer. Which was pretty interesting, I thought. What do you guys think about how he looks? I dig, I dig that. That looks, that's, that's really cool looking. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys will enjoy taking him. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, and it's interesting because he's got a hole where his heart is. And the Arbiter also has a hole where their heart would be. So there's some story there. You wouldn't really Ooh. answer it, but there's a little something something going on there, which was pretty exciting. So I'll listen to a Dungeon Fables in about four years' time when you talk about this. <laughs> if it's in a dungeon, yeah. <laughs> or if the lore pertains and bleeds into a dungeon. We did get a little bit of info with the pre-patch, not tons. Obviously, as we get closer, we'll get more info on the pre-patch. But basically, the pre-patch is going to tell the story of the undead when the Helm of Domination was broken. It's mostly going to take place in Ice Crown and Northrend. And we sense. get a little bit more about Nathanos, who has many characters hunting him, as Ian tells us. And uh, I'm very excited for the pre-patch because... Anything involving Ice Crown and Northrend and Frostmourne and the Helm, I'm just, I'm ready to eat it up. Like, I have my plate and I'm just like, please, sir, can I have some more? And I'm just going to, like, devour it. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Let's see. Some of the other really big points, because there's a few. They talked a little bit about how Blizzard does plan about two expansions or so in advance. They don't always know specifics, obviously, but they did know they would be eventually going to Shadowlands. They knew that Bwonsamdi would actually... Okay, hold on. They knew that Bwonsamdi originally wasn't going to play a big role in Shadowlands. But because people were so excited about him, they brought him more into the Frontlands and Shadowlands. Which is kind of interesting to know, because like even with all their planning in advance like that, they still pay attention to player feedback and what's hitting, what's not, what people are excited about. You know, we have Zakan. Zappy Boy is a great example of that. So it's it's kind of interesting to see that peek behind the curtains there. For those of you worried that COVID has potentially delayed them, it has not. Ian said there was about a week or so of an adjustment in March while they were kind of getting everything set up. But a lot of them were already set up to work from home when needed. But now they have a nice method for it. It only put them about a week behind. No big deal. They still plan to release in this year, which is really exciting. Yes. yes. That gives me something to look forward to this year because all the stuff I was looking forward to this year is likely not going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> right? So another big thing I definitely want to bring up, there's been a lot of concern about covenants and terms of what you do to change covenants if you have to or if you want to the idea is basically going to be that leaving a covenant and joining a new one is not going to be actually that difficult the difficult part comes is if you want to jump back to your original covenant that you had already left so that's good to know because I know some <clears throat> people have expressed concern on like what it's going to take to join the new one. 
And, you know, they have, they did talk at BlizzCon a little bit about there's going to be a little bit, you know, of a grind to get back up to like a better reputation status or standing with them. But it's not going to be as punishing as some people were thinking. It's if you decide to be like, hey guys, I know I ditched you and all, but please take me back. Then it gets difficult. What do you think is fair? That's kind of an interesting thing because like one of the problems people had with the uh, Heart of Azeroth system and the Azerite traits and all that was the ever-climbing cost to choose new Azerite traits. Yeah, initially it wasn't that bad, but it, it, it grew, right? And I don't know, I, I, hearing something like that sounds like, kind of sounds like they're doubling down on that whole idea of, yeah, ch- changing, changing initially is fine, but, you know, it's going to be hard to get back. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like a double down on the, the climbing gold cost or whatever it costs to mm-hmm. respect Azurite traits. And like, I don't do that. I, 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 I've never, like, for me, it's not a huge thing. But I know for some of the hardcore raiders and stuff like that, like, that's something that they do frequently is changing Azurite traits. And hearing that it's going to be a bit of a grind to get back with a covenant they've previously abandoned, I can see that being a uh, point of contention for some people. Well, and Ian actually brought this up and with actually a very that that example right there and how Azerite armor taught them lessons about how they had, you know, the increasing cost of gold to keep them from doing that. But the hardcore players still chose to do it. And I think they probably have their reasons for not wanting you to just be able to willy-nilly change covenants. Because I think the idea is you you spend time with them and you gain that quote-unquote reputation with them. And that's part of the story and, well, obviously the system. So it makes sense that you can't be like, oh, well, for this one boss, I want to go back to this one covenant. Even though, like, I was on that covenant at the beginning of the raid. Like, it makes sense that you can't... Like, it needs to be a weighty decision. I don't want to be able to flip-flop around. But I like the fact that you can still change it back and forth week to week if you so desire for whatever reason it might be. It just isn't going to be easy. And I'm sure... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I'm I'm sure you're right. Like, I'm sure there are going to be some people that are upset by that. But... I don't know, just to me, logically, it makes sense that it should be a weighty decision. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily just... I, I think for me, my the way I feel about the switching thing, even though I will probably never switch, um, <laughs> it's probably going to be dependent on how hard that trip back is going to be and how long that takes. Right. Because if it... If it if it's a short quest line or whatever that you have to do to get back in favor, then, you know, whatever. But if it's, like, a rep grind, for example, and it gets harder every time, like, you gain less rep or whatever, however they decide to do that, I think I would like that less. You know? Like, 
it was a set thing. Like, okay, if I want to go back, I need to do these quests. And I think that I would be okay with that versus something that gets harder and harder over time. Right. So it also brings up soul binds. Because when you first join a covenant, you initially have two of the Soulbind characters. You can unlock a third by doing the covenant campaign. What's nice is that you can swap which Soulbind you're choosing between those three at any time, and they can be used everywhere. Which I think is pretty great. I mean, I haven't heard too many details about Soulbinds, just little bits here and there that have released. But I think that's pretty nice. They also let us know that we are only going to be able to equip one legendary at a time. But you're going to have much more control over that legendary. Right now they're thinking one every two to three weeks is how much time you're going to need to get a legendary but they're still kind of fine-tuning that timeline. Just like they're still fine-tuning how fast you level. Things like that. Uh, they are still planning on doing seasonal Mythic Plus affixes. For those who are wondering. There's a couple little slightly spoilerly things that I will, I will leave alone and not touch. Even though it excites me. I think the last thing I will... Well, I guess there's a few things. Um... Ian did confirm that blue-eyed blood elves as a character customization are not planned. We've seen them in data mining, but they're textures that are used for NPCs. Oh, a lot of people were excited about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's hard because you have a lot of people who are excited about it. But at the same time, blue-eyed blood elves are technically high elves. And so for some people, like, they didn't know if they like that being in the game horde side either so I, I've heard both sides I've heard more people excited about it than not excited about it I mean it's, it's the same thing with like the wild hammer doors you know we, we can't actually right. play one but but now you with the, with the tattoo customizations coming in in Shadowlands you can you know it's a blood elf in your head it's a blood elf it's a uh, wild hammer dwarf in your head and that's what matters yeah I'm wondering if they'll eventually go back on this and let people eventually have blue-eyed blue blood elves. Yeah, because it's just, it, it would be the same logic as with the Weldhammers. Yeah, right. functionally, it's not actually a Weldhammer dwarf, but if that if you want that to be your fantasy, if that's what you want to play, then why not? Yeah. Uh, so just a couple of things really quick. Uh, for PvP, Conquest and Honor are coming back. No new battlegrounds are planned, but there is potentially a Shadowlands-themed arena. They don't have everything planned out for what happens when you get level 60. There will, there will still be world quests. Covenants will have a calling, which are basically the new emissaries. And it's going to be more than just complete X amount of world quests. Kind of like how it is now. You complete four world quests, you get the emissary reward. They're trying to change that up, but no real details yet on that. But the fact that they're Trying to do more than just that is kind of nice, so I'm kind of looking forward to what they do there. There's an epic covenant quest line that will unlock another soul bind because leveling your covenant sanctum is important in the long term, 
It involves bringing back anima from a wide variety of activities. Plus, you know, raids and dungeons and whatnot. No new current plans being wow to console. Ian did confirm that. And last but not least, she was asked who won Battle for Azeroth. Ian says, the forces of Sylvanas lost, but it's hard to say that Sylvanas lost, considering her current situation. Alliance or Horde didn't win. They agreed on a peace treaty. Something to debate for years to come. Yeah, when I think about it, I can't actually pick a winner or a loser in that. Yeah. <laughs> Horde lost something, Alliance lost something, and they kind of just agreed to stop fighting because Sylvanas. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, but no, what it, was really, it was a good interview. Like, I, if you haven't watched it, I highly suggest it. It was pretty cool. What I'm interested to see is um, what they're doing around the emissary, the idea of the emissary quests. Because like, when world quests were first introduced, it was introduced as like, an alternative to daily quests. It's something that you didn't necessarily have to do, but they were available to you for rep grinding or whatever. Like, you were, it wasn't that. They didn't want that feeling of obligation that you had to do it to, to every day, like you did with dailies. You know, you, have to, you can do however many at one point right. in a day. Uh, but with the emissaries being introduced, it, it very much brought it back to the like, no, I like if I'll, they have all this cool stuff, I need to do it. Yeah, I'm wondering how how it's going to be changed up now. I don't am know. I, am, I, am, am I filling another bar, or is it just okay? You have this quest, you have this daily quest line that that came up and that's what you need to do for this calling thing or whatever. But even then, like how much variation can there be to that? I mean, end of the day, um, you'd, you'd still have to be doing quests and it would be the, like the generic quests that you have to do in MMO. Like, okay, fill this bar, do like collect X amount of this, collect X amount of that, you know, wondering how much they're able to, to iterate on this system. I don't know. That is something I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with all these things where they're not quite, they don't have all the details. It tells you they're really, really trying to think it out. So that's cool. Yeah. Hey, Toasty, do you want to talk about alpha updates? <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, we didn't see too many updates in alpha this week. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Warriors are now uh, playable in Torghast, so with that comes a whole host of new anima powers that I got to play around with, which was a lot of fun. In addition to that, Priests got some new anima powers, which I'm sure Ali is excited to read about. Oh my gosh! They also fixed a bug in the alpha so that certain testers who were a bit creative uh, were able to test classes that weren't ready for Torghast yet. <laughs> creative, that's a good word for it. <laughs> um... Most of the alpha updates outside of the typical new models, new gear, etc. Um, were, were, were surrounding Torghast. So there's a new area in Torghast called the Soul Forge. Um, there's also um, an NPC that's uh, set up in different areas of the alpha so that you can get to Torghast instead of going to that one place in Bastion. So that's, that's a nice thing. Um, for those of you who have been watching people play... Torghast on their streams or whatever they noticed uh, um, Anima had previously had a, a, a red tinge similar to the Anima that we encountered in Mists of Pandaria that has now been updated so they're more moth-themed in their appearance. They've also adjusted the rate where uh, certain NPCs are disarming you which as a warrior I am very happy about 
because with my demon hunter I got disarmed a lot and that was not fun because you know this requires this weapon in your hand and like well that was happening a lot and I couldn't do anything for a bit that, that's kind of sucked that was kind of it in terms of major alpha updates as I said like um there were the typical new models and stuff like that we got to see some of the new gear which looks really good um, there's also some new mounts, like the uh, Rune Stag from the Ardenwield. Like, I want that. That 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 is such a pretty looking mount. Yeah, it is. Uh, I had some of my Druid friends complaining that uh, they would like to see that as their travel form, like like even as like a glyph or something, because that, that it is it is a really pretty model. That'd be cool. That is a really nice model. Yeah, there's also a bunch of new weapons and stuff like that, but I mean, we're not going to sit here in detail over every single new model change because that would be pointless on an audio-only podcast. So uh, if you're interested in that at all, Wowhead and MMO Champion, you know, the usual suspects are putting up these new model updates. Just watch out because some of them have spoilers. One thing that people can look forward to in Shadowlands uh, is the lifting of... Uh, certain class restrictions, mainly the demon hunter. Right, as of right now, you can only create one demon hunter per realm. Uh, but with the transition to Shadowlands, so in the pre-patch, you'll be able to create more than one demon hunter per server, which is you know probably because initially, you know, creating a demon hunter was you're creating a very high level character, and now that um, all those classes are kind of being brought down to a uh, lower level, uh, the need to restrict that is not necessary so you don't have to worry about that anymore we can make 50 demon hunters on one server if you should choose to do so <laughs> make sure you do you name them traditionally with the, um the with multiple variations of xxx illidan xxx because that i mean that's the only way that's the only naming convention i'm aware of for demon hunters and tradition should be maintained right sure yeah see see no <laughs> argument no argument means it's true. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Leave that, leave that as you want, man. You do you. So yeah, um, you can create as many level 8. I think that's what they said they started at. Whatever level they start at in Shadowlands, and I'm pretty confident it's 8. Uh, yeah, create all of them. Do it. Or, maybe, or play more warriors. Or do whatever you want. I'm not your boss. <laughs> Anyway, that was that was uh, the bulk of the news. Uh, it was pretty quiet in terms of alpha stuff. About uh, thankfully, uh, Mike and Ian decided to talk to people and give us plenty to talk about. Indeed. But... Now I'm sure we're going to talk about an awesome Star Wars novel for our Audible Book of the Week, right? Nope. The fourth isn't with you. I started <laughs> a thing and I intend to continue it. You had your opportunity. To inject your Star Wars <laughs> stuff for your Funko Pop of the Week, and and you chose not to do so, despite knowing that I was intending on continuing with um, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. The fourth is not with you, man. Nope. But uh, but you know who is with us? Audible. Today's show is also brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly/slash/ata-reads2020. That's bit.ly/slash/ata-reads2020. Now nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. As I said earlier, we're going to continue with our look into the Harry Potter series with Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Owl Post. 
Harry Potter was a highly unusual boy in many ways. For one thing, he hated the summer holidays more than any other time of year. For another, he really wanted to do his homework, but was forced to do it in secret in the dead of night. And he also happened to be a wizard. It was nearly midnight, and he was lying on his stomach in bed, the blankets drawn right over his head like a tent, a flashlight in one hand, and a large leather-bound book, A History of Magic by Bathilda Bagshot, propped open against the pillow. Harry moved the tip of his eagle feather quill down the page, frowning as he looked for something that would help him write his essay, which burning in the fourteenth century was completely pointless. Discuss. The quill paused at the top of a likely-looking paragraph. Harry pushed his round glasses up the bridge of his nose, moved his flashlight closer to the book, and read, Non-magic people, more commonly known as muggles, were particularly afraid of magic in medieval times, but not very good at recognizing it. On the rare occasion that they did catch a real witch or wizard, burning had no effect whatsoever. The witch or wizard would perform a basic flame-freezing charm and then pretend to shriek with pain while enjoying a gentle, tickling sensation. Indeed, Wendelin the Weird enjoyed being burned so much that she allowed herself to be caught no less than 47 times in various disguises. So once again, that was Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, written by J.K. Rowling and narrated by Jim Dale. You can find that at nearly 500,000 titles over at bit.ly slash atareads2020. And we'd like to thank Audible for their support of the show. Fun fact, Wendell and the Weird won me a uh, Harry Potter trivia contest at a bar. That was great. Nice. Good job. So our question of the week from last week was, would you play WoW on a controller if you were given the option? Uh, Leewell says there are certain genres of games where a controller feels vastly superior, racing and platformer come to mind, but MMO is definitely there's definitely not one of those genres for me. MMOs have lots of skills and panels and menus. I've tried a few on controller, it always feels clunky. Brian Podcaster says, I would try it, but I'd only switch to it permanently if I felt I performed better in game using that over a keyboard, which I doubt would be the case. Uh, WikiBH says, most likely not, because it took me long enough to learn how to not keyboard turn. I don't need to relearn a whole <laughs> new set of bad habits. Uh, True Villain Manny says, my setup is way too complicated to map to a controller, and analog sticks are not the same as a mouse. Old Lizard says, yes, but only if I'm playing it on a tablet or a phone, which would also be all the time. Wow says... Probably not. I find controllers to be painful to hold over long periods of time, and I definitely wouldn't want a reactionary role like tank or healer on a controller. Hooded Cape says, yeah, controllers are useful for people with different problems or people that want something more relaxing, playing on the bed with a controller instead of at a table plus keyboards plus mouse. Uh, probably the only big question is, it, it is about how you will handle bigger pools of skills. Uh, DMG Silver, Silverthorn says, I would love to see a controller, but with the, with the right amount of buttons for all my keybinds and macros, it would be a beast, but no, even if such was invented, I wouldn't. Uh, that Lauren... controller is called a keyboard, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Lauren the Druid says, I would be, I would for certain activities, any form of gathering would be far more tolerable from my lazy boy compared to my computer chair. I would say the same about leveling alts, too. Furthest I may go is dailies on my main. Group content? Probably not. 
co-optimally it says waiting for VR wow waving hands to cast spells that'd be awesome that'd be cool I want that now <laughs> Frasley says I don't know I found the controller in Final Fantasy 14 limiting I need to work on keybinds more for my keyboard and mouse with plenty of extra unused buttons I don't know what I'd do with less Crazy Balderon says unlikely Mouse control was always felt has always felt stronger for me in general. Being a healer main, I can't even fathom how I'd use a controller. Don't get me started on all the keybinds in general. <laughs> and Norfair says, I've done it before. It's kind of limiting, but with enough practice, it's serviceable. If a clunky. There's an add-on called console port that goes a long way toward making the UI work with a controller. I did not know that. Yeah, it's something right. I heard about previously. I know what's a good three button class that I can try on a on a controller. I don't know. Well, according to Jobu Red Paladin, <laughs> I don't know how how true that actually is, though. It's not true. There's more than three buttons for Red Pally. <clears throat> well, I know the fourth button turns off, uh, turns off the computer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thank you all so much for answering. That was a lot of participation, and that's awesome. Our next question is, what are you hoping to accomplish in-game as Battle for Azeroth winds down? I'm going to finish leveling up all my characters, because why not? If I can crank through BFA leveling in about six hours, then yeah, I'll do that. Because why not? How about you, Medros? Uh, I'd like to get some of my characters that are in BFA right now to, to level cap. Just so they're starting off the new expansion in a good place. Uh, I'd also like to level up some of my characters that are low level, not my warlock. And um, I don't know. At this point, I'm I'm getting a lot more enjoyment out of the alpha than I am out of retail. Um, but I know that that'll be a temporary thing because I will. There will there'll be a point in the in the alpha where I no longer want to get spoiled on what's going to happen. There's so much I want to do. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we should definitely get you in there. <laughs> Uh, well, yes, I, that, that would be that would be great. I'd love to be able to play off with you guys. But for BFA, there's still a lot I want to do because there is still alts I want to level. The, there are still mounts I want to get. There are still things in the past I still want to do. I haven't like little things like I never finished the Chromie scenarios, and to get my Time Lord title, so I need that obviously. I still need to go do Brawler's Guild for this expansion. You know, just like a lot of little things like that. A lot of loose ends. I have random items in my bank that I put in there thinking, oh yeah, you know, I will do this really cool quest or this achievement with this item someday. It's like, it'll be fine. And they're just sitting there collecting dust. And my bank is ridiculously full. So <laughs> I need to like go through and remind myself what things go with what items and start using those items and achieving those things so I can clear out my bank. It's uh, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous how much <laughs> crap is in my bank. <laughs> I was looking at my bank the other day and I realized that I had collected all the materials I need for uh, Thunder Fury. Nice. There's a bunch of extra stuff yeah. that I need. But I don't have the bindings. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah. how, how realistic is it for me? How... how like, how realistic is it for me to suddenly get this 
and have to use all these things. Not very realistic, right? And, like, it's not hard to get those other materials. You just need to, you know, either go to an auction house and grab the stuff or farm it up yourself. And realistically, that's not time-consuming. The time-consuming part is just getting the uh, bindings. Right. So I'm just, I, I just got rid of all that stuff. Like, I, it, it doesn't need to be taking Aww. up space in my bank right now. It's it's like, it's like the random bars and all that other stuff. Like, well, yeah. it's not going to be that hard for me to get. It's the bindings. So I'll get yeah, them I know. when I have that problem. I have, I have, I think I have everything I need for the legendary in Ulduar. Valnir? Yeah, I think I might be missing. At least I, I have enough to get that quest line started. Because like, I have all the drops from the bosses and stuff. And I also think I should be able to do the legendary from ICC on my DK. So, you know, like I said, like little things. So, the Shadow Warren, or is that no? Shadow Warren. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, lots, lots of little things to do I thought, and things I want to do. So, I'm actually looking forward to it. One thing I'm disappointed with with their implementation of uh, transmogable legendaries is when I'm using Shadow Morn as my transmog, it doesn't have the souls swirling around me. Like, I don't want it to do anything. Aww. I'm not expecting that on, I'm not expecting that extra burst of damage when I'm transmogging it but one of the reasons that that legendary was so cool was because over time you had souls like swirling around you it just looked that really awesome cool. and the yeah. fact that that doesn't happen it, it it annoys me so much that's a shame I still want it but that's a bummer Blizzard if you're listening please <laughs> please make that happen please. I would I would love it very much. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to hearing everybody else's answers because they're wide ranging and it might inspire me to do something other than level up, like the twelve characters I have to level up on my on my current realm. Alright. Uh time for shoutouts. Uh so we are gonna go with Toasty first. Oh no. Uh why wasn't I prepared for this? I should have been prepared for this, but I'm not prepared for this. So I'm kind of just vamping until I can think of something. Um, vamping is failing me hard. I can't think of anything. Um, hmm. Um, wow. Yes, that's the game we play. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just. Oh, you know what? I found. Okay. I found this really cool uh, piece of art earlier today and like I don't know it's just really pretty and I want to shout out this specific artist because I really enjoyed it uh, so everybody should go over to Shuplock that's S-H-U-P-L-O-C on Twitter and check out their portrait inspired by the BFA cinematic it straight up looks like one of those like old uh, old paintings of royalty and yeah, it's 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 worth taking a look at because it's really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna post here in general for anybody listening live. Yeah, I love it. Shout out shout out to you, Shuplock. Shoop? I don't know. It says Shoop, but they're, they're added Shuplock. So take do with that what you will. Maybe it's Shuplock. Maybe it's Shoop. So you know, let's say it's Shuplock. I didn't. You know, now that you say that, <laughs> that, that makes sense. Um. But I was I was in the middle of vamping, so my brain 
not working too good. Uh, how about how about you guys? My shout out. I had to think about this too because there's a few different ones I could do. I obviously for my show, I I run dungeons. I was running Stonecore and. I lost track of how many screenshots I took. Stonecore, even though it could be annoying at times with the trash and people who don't know how to do mechanics and they die. But <laughs> outside of that, it's a gorgeous dungeon. It is beautiful. And my shout out is to whoever on the Blizzard R team worked on Stonecore because... I'm not joking when I said I took it on the screenshots. It's just when you actually slow down, look at it. It's it's beautiful. I absolutely love it. So good. What about you, Medros? Uh, my shout out is going to go to one Mr. George Lucas for creating a incredible saga of movies uh, that will forever be special to me uh, and will always be something I feel connected to. Um, and uh, may the fourth be with you all. Yes. Including you, Toasty. Thank you. And Pepe, too. I knew that. bird. <laughs> all right. That's about it. Uh, let's do our outro. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, you can call us at one seven eight five ata well 5 or one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five. You can send emails to show at allthingsazeroth.com and if you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our new Battle.net group at bit.ly slash bnetata. Check out Ali's show at dungeonfables.com and Toasty's stream at twitch.tv slash toastypostycan. You can find the show over on Twitter at allthingsaz. Medros is at Medros. Fandeth is at Fandeth. Ali is at AliAndrusK. I'm at toastypostycan. And you can find the network over at Dawnforge. And please check out the other shows from the Dawnforge Network, including Group Quest and Shattered Soulstone. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care, happy hunting, and see you on the other side of another alpha build. More Torghast! Yay! All the Torghast. And me dreaming about alpha. Someday. This podcast is part of the Dawnforge Network. Copyright 2020.